from Studio C in the 511 Studios, located in the Brewery District in downtown Columbus, Ohio. This is Note to Future Me. Hi, I'm Brett Johnson, owner of Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. In this episode, I talk with Aaron and Alex Green. Aaron is the founder and CEO of College Liftoff. Alex, his wife, is the marketing director at College Liftoff. They have a podcast called Affording College with Aaron Green. The podcast is um, utilizing their expertise in college planning. And what is interesting about the podcast and their industry, which is very, very young, is explaining to their listeners that they have a problem that they need to address when they start preparing their students to go to college, all in the financial realm. Uh, basically, right now we're looking at a $1.3 billion I should say $1.3 trillion debt in college loans. And with their podcast, they're looking to address this situation, help families get away from walking out of the four-year, the six-year, the eight-year college ride with as little debt as possible, utilizing available scholarships, uh, picking the best college that they should be picking for their student, uh, all mixed in with trying to figure out how much information should they give away during each podcast. It's a, a, a tricky slope, but I think a lot of businesses do encounter that when they start to create a podcast that shows off uh, their expertise in their field, how much information do you give away? And I think they do a great job of explaining their process and their mindset of what they do with the podcast. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for taking notes with me. Well, as I do with all my episodes, I want to dig a little bit deeper in regards to Nonprofits that whether you two um, outside of College Liftoff take care of or uh, that the College Liftoff you want to really focus on that, that, that the students help out or maybe, you know, as a business that you feel it's pretty wise to get into. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So interestingly, like this is kind of rooted in nonprofit work. And so if I if taken a very mm-hmm. deep step back when this conceptually even came to me, College Liftoff, it was something I thought I'd do as a nonprofit. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, this is 10 plus years ago, and mm-hmm. it was just like I, I kind of saw some things that obviously that we, we work on today that are that are paramount, such as like poor college planning in the sense of poor financial planning, students not knowing what they want to do, but really not having good connection between industry and academia and all those. But I thought, oh, you know, be something I do on the side as a nonprofit just to kind of help out. And as it started to become more apparent that this is a bigger problem than I thought – that's when it was like, man, this is actually a, a there's a structure, a, a bigger sh- business structure that go should go around okay. it. So, uh, interestingly, our the first website I ever bought, the first domain was collegeliftoff.org. and that's why because I, I remember having an email address with .org, and and finally I stopped using that. It's like now that makes sense why the .org was, yeah. was available. Okay, yeah, so that that that's kind okay. of its, it's root. Now that being said, it, it it started to turn into a full time job for mm-hmm. me, and then it really became a much bigger thing that. Even though we're for profit, it doesn't matter per se. It doesn't change our perspective on what we're doing. I think it just shows that there's a solution to this, a business solution to this that makes vital sense that still saves people tons of money, tens of thousands of dollars through this and really helps them figure out and get their best, their best, brightest future for their kids. Mm-hmm. That's our main goal in the end, no matter what 
what status we have. Now, the, the thing is, too, because we're sitting here, obviously, with, with Paige and Alex, and the truth is their backgrounds were from that. In fact, Alex, we got married uh, at the church that we met, and she was the development director for that church. Yeah. So they came from that, and she worked with Paige at ETSS, which was a nonprofit, and others in order to to raise. Well, we didn't work it with. Well, we like volunteer, volunteer. Yeah. 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 and yeah, and, and other organizations as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So as College Liftoff, um, as an organization, you mm-hmm. do some nonprofit work, correct? Yeah, you know, we, giving giving back to the community. Let's right. Put it that way. Yeah, I would say that. You know, we um, we are not a nonprofit, but you know, with our mission being you know to help secure you know the brightest futures for teens and saving money, you know that is that doesn't exist for you know some teens and not other teens. We really are are in it to help all students, all teens find their best future and not go into crazy amounts of debt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we do work with um, nonprofits like the Ethiopian Tewahedo um, Social Services, and we work with their youth program. So these are... Um, these are teens who um, have recently immigrated to America and um, don't necessarily like their their parents haven't gone through the college process in America, so you know they they don't even know if college is an option for them. Their parents don't know if college is an option for them. You know, affordability is a huge issue. So we do workshops um, with their youth programs to you know help them with college readiness, um, just you know show them what is available for them and help them you know get. To that step, and um, and we've ended up, you know, working with several students, even pro bono, through our process, you know, to help them achieve their college and career goals. Um, we also work with um, with some schools as well, um, doing work with Metro know. Metro High School. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Now we're um, starting a relationship with ACPA, mm-hmm. um, and you know, with our with our nonprofit arm with um, Gives. You know, we can really expand that work. So I know that Laura has a lot of outreach in various sectors in the community because there are just so many people who recognize the need for quality college planning and support for all of the students. Mm-hmm. So. Laura is our director of College Liftoff Gives. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Well, as most businesses start, there's usually a pain point that you recognize that you could fulfill and yeah. make some money. Although, again, you initially – said that it was more of a nonprofit feel to it, just a, I want to do this, and it turned into something you can make money with. Um, let's talk about that process, how it began, how that pain point you saw and addressed, mm-hmm. created the business. Let's, let's, let's talk about the development of how College Liftoff started and how it is today then. So we have a unique problem with our pain point. Our, our pain point, one, it's pretty universal. It's this whole college preparation right. problem, whether it be academic or it be financial or whether it be figuring out what you want to do, all of these things. The pain point is very real. The problem is most of the people we deal with in a day, if not everybody at this point, still don't recognize that it's a problem yet, even though it's kind of all out there, right? You can see student loan debt totals in the trillions. It's in the news all the time. All these things. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's not conceivably being recognized by the individuals, the families, that this is a thing that they've got to do and how they have to do it. I always liken this to like a washing machine. If your washing machine goes out, you go get a new washing machine, right? So it's a very one-to-one process. So if you start a business that sells washing machines, it's very simple. You solve that problem. Um, but our audience, our, our, our clientele really don't know that. So we have to bring them to the full grasp of understanding 
this is a thing, and this is how it correlates and relates to you. Right. And now we've got to be able to solve this problem for you. So we, we have to sell it as an industry every time we walk into a room and then actually bring it down to the individualized person. Because it does relate to them. You know, mm-hmm. it relates to you. We could go real mega, you know, nebulous with this. But whether, you know, you are the parent of a high school student, you know, then obviously it relates to you. Even if you're not the parent of a high school student, it still relates to you on an economic level. Mm-hmm. You know, student loan debt will affect you when it comes I don't want to get too big, <laughs> but it, it will affect you when it comes to, you know, um, just our market, the housing market, the economy, future workers. Yeah, yeah. That that really goes to like how talking about how I started this and I'll give you the story. I'll try to condense it as best I can. But when I was 17, I sat in this situation that every 17 year old is, is which is I've got to go to college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was living with my mom and she was sending me to a, 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 a private school in Cincy. And I said, hey, thank you. It's been a blessing. I'm going to figure out how to pay for college on my own. And at the time, I got into my dream school, which was Northwestern, but the price tag was $45,000 a year, and they gave me 15000 in scholarships to go. And our EFC, expect the family contribution, how much the Fed expects you to pay towards college, was five grand. So if I ran my numbers, 45 minus 15 minus 5 left me with $25,000 a year. I would have had to take out in debt to go to school there, private and public. Multiply that by four years, that's a hundred grand in debt. Now, I was seventeen at this point. I didn't know if this is just what everybody was doing or not. Right. I'm naturally scared to death of debt. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. and I had asked myself, because I wanted to go to school for engineering, is an engineering degree at that time, which is going to be worth roughly fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year, worth a hundred thousand dollars student loan debt. I visited Ohio State, I felt comfortable there, I could go. It was my third choice, to be honest with you. The average debt then was twenty grand. So the question I had to ask myself, is Northwestern worth the premium for me in my case? Because the truth is it's different for everybody. And yeah, it's the top 12 school in the country, all those things. But the reality is in engineering, all Big Ten schools are good at it. In fact, in my program in mechanical at the time, Northwestern was ranked 22nd in the country and Ohio State was ranked 24th. So what am I losing my reputation by going to Ohio State? Nothing. So why in the world would I take on $80,000 more in debt and cost? Better value for my education, OSU. But I still had to make the money work out of this. And I was fortunate. I got a full tuition scholarship at Ohio State, but room and board is more expensive than the tuition is in state. Plus, you have to pay for books. And I filled out something like 30 outside scholarships in my senior year of high school. I was fortunate and got four of them. Really, the going rate for outside scholarships is about 10%. They're kind of like grant writing for a church or a nonprofit. Right. It's really not as this pocket of money that people think it is. It's just not. Um, but it totaled roughly $20,000. So I'm thinking, great, my average debt's covered. I shouldn't have to take any debt to go to school. But you have to make the money work year to year and quarter to quarter. Um, and my first year, I, put, uh, I took on a part-time job. I worked for the Department of Education in the computer labs. I made 7 bucks an hour. I did my homework 9 to 10 hours. I sat in the lab, but I paid for my books. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I took on a little debt and scholarship money. And mom helped me with room and board that year. But year two through year four, I was an RA which pays your entire room board right. at 80% of schools in the country. And so that left my total cost at zero because my scholarship was taking care of tuition. Well, this is where it gets really fun, and I'll be very honest up front about the numbers with this. I had roughly $1,500 a quarter, because OSU was on quarters at the time, mm-hmm. being sent to the university on my behalf in the form of that outside scholarship money, twenty grand split over those four years. Um, well, schools treat your accounts 
like bank accounts. There's credits, there's debits. They don't care where money comes from so long as their accounts are paid off. Well, I had the money sent for books and supplies, which is, an, according to the IRS, an untaxable form of income for those. So I just walk into Burso's office every quarter for three years, and they would cut me a check for fifteen hundred dollars tax free, and I put it in my room, bank, right in my bank account. All right. And I worked engineering internships every summer. I worked at GE Aviation and GE Aircraft Engines in Sensi. And engineering internships are paid well then; they're paid well now. I was pocketing about six to eight grand a summer doing it. I was living at home with my mom, uh, and she told me to put money away in the case the ceiling fell in. I said, "Sure, I need to do anything with it," <laughs> but it never did. And I walked out of school with a little bit of debt. It was about $2,000 worth of total debt, my mechanical engineering degree, and a surplus of $40,000, which changes a lot of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it also meant that I, I didn't have to take the first job that was offered me. I actually got to find the job that I really wanted to work. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a startup airline, which was my dream job because I got to work on a full aircraft. And I bought a couple of properties on campus because the next step from being an RA is being a landlord to college students. So it's an easy, <laughs> easy graduation. Um, but that's where a couple of things started to take note, where I was working for uh, – the airline had uh, gone away, and I worked for Honda or subsidy for Honda for a while. And I was working with master degree engineers. And I'll never forget this, where I had a dad that – I'm 25, 26, and they were asking me college questions. So, And he came up to me and asked me this situation uh, to evaluate the situation, where he had a kid that was getting a $60,000 scholarship to this school, and they were replacing him with a $40,000 tuition bill. So – on paper, that's really a $400,000 cash flow swing. So I'm asking him, what's bringing to this? And the overwhelming answer was, well, my kids just didn't like it there. For $400,000? We got to make better decisions than this. Mm-hmm. So that's where this really started to come to be. Okay. But he had another scenario happening on the other side where I had friends living in my properties for years. And we're now in our mid-30s. And honestly, most of them are just now buying their first homes. Having their first kids, getting married. You know, my wife and I are fortunate. We, we have four kids. We own multiple properties. We own our own companies. It makes a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It Whereas, makes a big one. You know, your friends were renting from you because they had so much student loan debt that they couldn't buy their first yeah, house. Six hundred to nine hundred dollars a month in student loan payments in most cases. Yeah. You're not going anywhere right. with that. It's just mm-hmm. not gonna happen. You know, I, actually, I came uh, on board with College Liftoff. I also have a, a background. I have a real estate license. So um, I was working uh, as a realtor. And um, just time and time again, I, I was helping clients that were, you know, uh, yeah, mid-30s, had kids, like trying really hard to buy their first house, you know, with, with a government-backed loan, like trying to scrape together all their savings and get approved for a loan. And um, it, it was because they still had so much student loan debt that they were not able to get a better loan, better rate, have more savings. And I just thought like this, you know, parents are, are sending their kids to college because they want their kids to be successful, happy, get a good job, be able to raise their own families and um, and do well. And that's just not happening this this day and age. So um, I, I I came home from work one day and I was like, I got to join you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we have to make this a thing. You know, we have to make this a yeah. thing that people understand you don't have to do college in the way that it's being done. There is a better way um, because it, it's not working for people. And so, you know, the headlines that you see, you know, $1.5 trillion student loan debt, you, you know, people out there, they see the headline and they think it's just that, you know, and then they 
it, they think it's just this big nebulous thing that doesn't apply to them, but it but it really does. Um, you know, it, because if you're sending your kid to school and and he or she's taking on all this debt, it's going to affect them into their 30s, 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Paige, Paige here was just saying that she just paid off her student loans this past weekend, right? We pushed the button together on the phone to Yay. like send that final payment. It was yeah. awesome. Right. Was, uh, you know, it's sad. <laughs> but because it, it, it will, it doesn't go away. You know, no. you can't make it go away. So, um, you know, but even if it's not your kids going to school, you know, like I said, I have a background in real estate. So, you know, I, um, you know, would help, uh, you know, people that were trying to downsize. Their kids were already gone and now they're trying to downsize and they're, you know, complaining about why won't the millennials, you know, buy our house for their families. Everybody's putting off marriage and putting off house, you know, and it's uh, nobody can afford to, you know, because because the younger generation isn't thinking now about, you know, having kids at a younger age because they they can't afford to. They can't afford to buy a house with four bedrooms. They're still renting from their friends like Aaron. (laughs) This isn't a choice. This is a reality financially. Like it just it's just set up for that. Right. So so you see the the problem that exists. Yes. In. Student loan debt affects us all. So you have all you have all these marketing opportunities and Mm -hmm. different ways to try to educate and let everyone know. Yeah, you see these big numbers and this is how it affects you. Uh, You go the route of podcasting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about that decision. How did it come about that you wanted to do a podcast? Well, really, we just felt like it was a a really great way to get that message out to help people. Um, I mean. We can't be everywhere at every time talking about, you know, with a megaphone, this is a problem, this is a problem. Um, we try to do as many um, presentations at, at libraries and at schools, you know, as we can, and we have um, a good Facebook presence. But, um, but having a, this forum, being able to do a podcast, we can we can just state problems, answer questions directly for parents wherever you are, whether you're, you know, in Columbus or Ohio or, you know, across the country, anywhere, really. Um, so we just really wanted to this podcast to be a like a megaphone for us to to answer you know parents' questions. There's so many out there. College has become so crazy, and um, we just really wanted to be able to help people. All right, awareness. Awareness is such a a part of where we are at this point because we deal with a very big problem. I mean, a very very big societal problem that is really just not really all that recognized. We talk about it loosely here and there. We see the the things that kind of happen. Uh, but $1.5 trillion in debt as a country in this thing is second to mortgage debt. There's nothing else close to either mm-hmm. of those two things. Right. Um, and college costs aren't going anywhere. People think that they're going to get cheaper. They're no. not. Like that's not, things don't go backwards in costs. They stagnate, but they don't go backwards. So middle America trying to buy college in this day and age is hard, probably the hardest thing that they're doing and they don't realize it. Um, so we have to, as Alex said, create a megaphone or whatever we can to just talk and say, like, look, don't just do this thing that's just you see everybody else doing in big air quotes. You've got to think through this more logically or else your retirement's gone or your kids aren't buying a home for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like those are the things you're sacrificing at this point if you don't do this right. Right. So I liken uh, you know, to creating any kind of content, whether it's a, a content or a call it assets, it's got to have some kind of. ROI, return on uh, you know, investment or even return on influence. So you 
has a borderline, I think, with what you're doing. And, and again, uh, full disclosure, I work with you. You work with us mm-hmm. in regards to putting the podcast together. And I ask these questions kind of in the vein of I don't know what you're doing, but I do. But, but <laughs> right. at the same time – And we work with your kids. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> so it's kind of full circle. So I have a you know vested interest in making sure that this does work. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm cognizant of what you do with the episodes of – you're very well versed in regards to what you do. How do you know where that tipping point is of too much information in a podcast that you're not giving away the secret sauce? And I think I I know what you do with it. I kinda, <laughs> and and but I want to kind of get your perspective on how far you go while you're recording because again it's unscripted. You know where you're going with these episodes, but I think this is this is a, a problem with some businesses that do the consultative work, you're, con- you're consultants with these parents and these, these families of uh, helping them get through where they need to do. And you have a lot of pri- proprietary ideas in your heads how you do this sort of thing, but, but at the same time, you're giving away a lot of information. How, how do you address this? How do you, how do you go with each episode and know that, okay, we got to stop here? Well, you know, on one hand, we want to give away a lot of information because we're the intent of this podcast is really to help people Mm -hmm. and to start the conversation, answer questions, you know, when when parents or students or, you know, prospective parents, you know, anybody that's listening, you know, is thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, one day I'm going to have a kid and they're going to go to college or I have a kid and, uh, you know, are they going to go to college? You know, we, we just really want to like, you know, we really feel for parents out there that don't have anybody advocating for them. So we want to give away information that will help them be able to make better decisions, um, that will understand the process. Um, you know, so on that hand, you know, we're not terrified of giving away too much information. But I think where it where it stops is that, you know, there's only so much that we can say without then actually having to work with you. So, you know, we do a lot of work. We um, we have, you know, a, a whole entire writing center um, at College Liftoff, and it's spectacular. Um, we have, uh, you know, writing camps. Um, we have one-on-one essay writing advisors. Um, so we could talk about it and talk about, you know, some components of a great essay, but that's not going to help. That will help somebody only enough. It's not it, we it doesn't take the place of actually sitting down with an advisor working on your college essay going through the peer editing process and and Paige is, is in charge of our writing center so she can you know talk more about that it's my favorite part of what i do <laughs> <laughs> so no it's true like i even you know we we have a great um workshop that we provide for all of our juniors and we sit down and we talk about these are some things you need to include in your essay. These are some things you should exclude. And we could share all of that here. And I would feel totally fine with not, you know, not giving away our secret sauce because inevitably at some point you as the student are going to need to sit down, figure out which right. prompt you want to answer, develop your thesis, do your pre-writing, which we emphasize <laughs> all the time to our students, um, and then write and write and write and write and write. And inevitably, every kid who comes through goes, wow, 650 words. That's a lot. And then the first draft they hand over is like 900 words because 650 words is no words at all. When it, when you try to convey who you are as a person to a group of people deciding whether or not to let you into college. 
But I'm going to make sure that the 650 words that you have on your paper are the right ones that really tell your best story and are the most precise verbs and really give a sense of who you are as a human, you know, without relying on generalities. I want specific details and I want to make sure that we're, we're sticking to, you know, a relevant time period in your life, the last couple of years, not what happened when you were six, those sorts of things. But again, like we could talk about all of that here mm-hmm. and we have, but I, I can't do the editing of your first draft unless we sit down together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't fear information. Information is awareness, and that's the thing we actually need to get more right. out of is awareness of the topic. The, the, as we're all saying here, it's the work that's actually needed to be done in order to make that information actually usable, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I talk about this a lot in our podcast, just of what college planning is today and what it should look like and what it should feel like, and I try to use the basis of comparison of other things we do in life in order to signify that. So I talk a lot about it being very similar to buying a house where you say like, okay, there's 4,200 universities, each one with 200 majors. It's a plethora, almost a Google-esque problem of choice. Um, so when you look at it like in comparison to how many houses are on, in, are on uh, the market at any given time in an area, you don't go visit 3,000 houses. You visit like maybe 10. And then you you may bid on like, or you may actually try to apply or not apply. You may actually try to get one, two, or three, you may put bids in for them. Same thing here, but you use a realtor to do it. There's work and steps that go into that as a process. Use a realtor, use a banker to get your mortgage. There are all the things there. You can know what the process looks like. That doesn't mean doing a FISBO is the smartest thing to do or the easiest. It's traditionally the hardest. So how do you actually do this most effective, most cost-effective way and the most time-effective way? That's where good college planning should take the place of that. All right. I think you do a good job of that within the episodes that you give enough information, you set yourself up as the experts and realize that – and then again, it's the listener's choice whether they're going to contact you or not. You can do this on your own, but I think you set the episodes up so well with each topic that I could do this alone. Thank you for the information, but – Boy, I can't do this alone. Yeah. And and I think once you realize the timetable that you're a part of, I think this is with any, you know, again, a podcaster that has information to give out. I don't th- – and I guess my point being don't be afraid to give out the information. Absolutely. Because not. you're setting yourself up as the expert anyway. It's a branding tool for you to know that, yeah, College Liftoff or XYZ company, they know what they're talking about. When I'm ready, I can listen to a few episodes and if I'm going to pull the trigger – I can trust them because I've heard them through five, 10, 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I'll tell you as a realtor, um, it, it honestly, I personally think, and I hope I don't get in trouble for this, I personally think it is easier to do a FISBO on your house than it is to go through the college planning process by yourself, <laughs> honestly, from sitting in both seats. Sure. It's, it's really hard to do college right because there is nobody, there are very few people out there advocating for the families. Um, so that's what we do. Yeah. yeah, I think you got a great, you get a unique and a, and a, and a different situation because again, you're you're branding your your company, getting information out about college planning, college liftoff, as well as educating how difficult it has become because you're dealing with almost a you know parents that are a generation removed yeah. from going through this process. It has changed from night and day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think you're utilizing the tools that are available to you. Well, and it points it up, uh, an example being when we first started the series, it was just you, Aaron, mm-hmm. doing these. Let's talk about the evolution of where this podcast has started. 
and where it is today and, yeah. and some ideas of maybe where you want it to go as well, too. Well, it's, it's, it's grown along with our company as mm-hmm. we've grown, mm-hmm. which has been really awesome to just be a part of and see. I mean, I started this thing. We're getting ready to go into our 10-year anniversary this September, and there's going to be a lot of great new things that we're going to be doing in that, a lot of very big things that are going to change even our position in the market and how this, we, we've, we're going to be approaching this. Um, but the one great thing in the last, especially three years, I would say, um, with, well, let me back this up. I spent four years of this just almost just working out of my house and going to Starbucks and Panera's and meeting people. I started this thing with maybe a thousand bucks, maybe, and just let's just see if it's a thing. And it took three, four years of honest goodness, just diligence and patience and just seeing if this is something that people need. Cause it's not, you don't see a service like this every day. College exactly. isn't something we just see every day. I think in 10 more years, this is going to be commonplace for the reasons we're just stating, like the way we're talking about is a real estate perspective. Mm-hmm. You're buying an asset that costs over your house and you're just winging it. Like, come on, that's ridiculous. We're going to get away from that. But in the past three years, we've really seen a lot of good growth with just people responding more to this as, oh my gosh, I do need help, which has led more to the fact that I can expand our client planning team, which pages our manager of client planning and she manages our team of advisors. For a long time, it was just me. When I first started this podcast, it was me meeting with people, doing this on a day-to-day. Now we have a team of people that do it, and they're actually better at it than I am. <laughs> they have more energy, more spirit for it. Therefore, you hired the right people. Yeah, so yeah we've done that's a great job. Line. They're younger yeah. at it. They they're, they're, and that's really let's good. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the Red Bulls. It's the age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, that's one of the things that I love about College Liftoff. Right, We have people who just graduated from college talking to students about yeah. how it is that you go to college. Yeah. I don't know. I want to listen to somebody who is my peer more – somebody I, I relate to more than like me. Like I get the difference. When I come into the room, it's a, like the parents get it with me and they're like, yeah, here's another old person like I am telling me about this. But the kids don't. And really it's our students who – are are deriving the decision making, right? They're the ones who are figuring out where they're going to go and what they're going to study. I love that they're sitting down with somebody like Yoshi who is young and fun and like really diligent in his research and he was willing to spend that 40 hours with you really helping you craft a good strong plan. Yeah. So 70% of this process is done with the kid. Now the parents and this is I say this all the time. This is a student-led choice but a family decision. So the parents are in that room just the same, but this is all led by the kid, and we've got to have somebody to connect with them. And the truth is, and I get this question a lot, because we do hire our advisors almost out of college. Some of them have other things, but they're about 23 to 26 in that age range. And so the question becomes, well, they have enough experience doing this? I'm like, mercy, they're at the heart of the experience. They literally, they've got the most experience out of any of us. They've mm-hmm. just walked out of this, seeing right. this firsthand in an age where it's the most expensive time, in an age where it's most convoluted time to figure out how to pick a major. All these things, they've done that. They've literally lived it in the past couple of years. They're more relatable than any of us at this point. Right. So we've got to be able to, to do that. We've got to find almost a mentor-like relationship for the kids that we work with, with their advisors, so that way they can confide in them, they feel comfortable with them, they can break things apart that were once emotionally bounded and we can now put them in logic and reason categories and help them decipher these big things. Uh, again, retirement. You're not just going in front of a computer doing it. You can, but it's 
probably not the best method. Right. You know, all these things. You're not going to tackle with just going to fix your brakes in your parking lot for a good reason that it might wreck your car. You know, like you use people that have experience in these areas to do it. And we've really found that the group of advisors that we have are that. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is really great. Yeah. Well, as you know, your business has evolved and gotten bigger. I think you know, even what you've done with the podcast has evolved as well too. I mean, from the very beginning, it was us coming into your office mm-hmm. and plopping down a couple of microphones, and it worked. I'm not downplaying that at all, but it worked with your time, mm-hmm. and but it was also sporadic. Mm-hmm. And my point being, do what you have to do to get it done, yeah. because it's led to what we've got today. Now in a studio, five one one studios. Mm-hmm. That, you know, guests, people part of the business are now, uh, you know, a guest. You've had guests from outside of the business as well, mm-hmm. too. I mean, kind of talk about that evolution of once we kind of walked into the 511 studios and there's a different mindset. You were away from the office to get this done. What were your thoughts in regards to what you want to try to get accomplished? Well, real real quick, before we yeah. go into that, yeah. I want to – Intro that with understanding, like, this has all been led by the fact that Alex came into this company. And yes, I, I, that facts. was in the back of my mind, too. Yes, so, so correct. We, Thank yes. you, guys. For up until about three You're years right. ago, we had no marketing presence. And then and right. it was just us doing a thing mm-hmm. um, in an office building out on Bethel, right? So, right. And, and, and with adding, with her coming into this, finally, and taking her background in communication and marketing and tools, and, and actually from development as well, and seeing all of those culminate into what we have today as far as a marketing presence and it's growing, right. all credence and credit mm-hmm. goes there in this. Thank you. That is very sweet because most days I am just, I feel like I am just flying by the seat of my <laughs> pants as we all are, but like I really sure. am. So, sure. you know, I, I, um, I think that, you know, as we were doing the podcast before, it was just like you said, it was very sporadic. Um, you know, I, I thought that we I was like, we got to do this podcast just to get, you know, like I said, a megaphone. I really wanted this to be a megaphone to like get the word out that this is a problem. We want to help you. We just want to help everybody. <laughs> that is our mission. Um, so um, as I started listening to podcasts myself, you know, I was kind of late to the game, but I, I got really into podcasts. I was like, this is perfect. We could totally do this. Um, but it was sporadic and it was just kind of Aaron talking um, about what was on his mind, which was great. But um there's there's just so much more we could do. Um, so I think being in the studio, um, and as you approached me, Brett, and said, like, this is an opportunity. You guys can come into the studio. Um, we should probably set a schedule. I really latched onto that. Um, and I, I say all this, like, as a if I'm giving advice to another business, like, do as I say, not as I do, because we are not as good as we should be about, you know, like the days that we're recording. We're kind of like, oh, what does everybody have available this month? Let's do that. You know, I, I think, you know, to be a successful podcast, anybody really has to have have a schedule as much as they can, you know, commit to doing it, however much you decide that you're going to do it a month. Because if you this was a problem for us before, you know, we would do you know several in a row and then it would be months before we re- released another podcast. Podcast, but your listeners um, and subscribers like really depend and get excited when it's like, yeah, another episode dropped. So you know, I want to make sure that we we are doing you know um, good by our listeners mm-hmm. and releasing regularly and covering topics that they are interested in. So you know, we our audience, um, our target audience, really is uh, like the parent of parent of kids, high schoolers mostly, but you're really anybody that who's you know, kid will be a high schooler soon enough. Um, and, 
you know, they've got questions about the college planning process. So we um, try to do topics that answer the questions that they might have. We, um, you know, we always ask for listeners to submit questions, um, and we do get questions through email, uh, whether they're podcast listeners or, p- or parents that just have questions in general anyway about the college planning process. So we try to address those. Um, in terms of a schedule, Brett, you and I sat down in the beginning of the year and said, okay, you know, let's look at some timely um, college-related topics that we could cover throughout the year and wrote those out. So we try to, you know, stick to well, what's timely for April, what's timely, you know, we just uh, did a, a pot recorded a podcast on uh, the Common App because it's coming out now. But at the same time, life happens and other things in the news happen. And sometimes we just stray from that schedule and say, okay, well, what's going on now that we want to talk about? And um, so I, I guess, you know, my goals for the future are to be more on schedule, sticking to a schedule when it comes to podcasting, because I think it is so important to um, our marketing efforts. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's, it's helped us out a lot, um, you know, getting the word out. It's helped with our credibility, um, having a podcast. So, you know, if somebody's like, you know, who are these college planning people? Well, you know, we have a podcast, <laughs> you know, you can listen to it. And that, that does add some credibility. Um but mostly, yeah, we just really want to help people. And so mm. if you find that you've been helped by our podcast, feel free to give us a call. All right. How have you folded the podcast into your other marketing pieces? Oh, well, um, you know, we, we have it on our website. Um, we uh, have a, a good social media presence on uh, Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. So we push it out on all those uh, – on LinkedIn. You know, we push it out on all the social media forums, um, you know, ask people to share Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what are the, some of the biggest cha- you touched upon some challenges mm-hmm. scheduling and such? Yeah. Well, so well, I want to be real upfront about that. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. But that is a, a stumbling block for mm-hmm. a lot of of people creating any type of content, any kind of assets. Yes. Blogging is the same way. Right. Um, whatever it might be, it, it's got to be put on the schedule to get it done. Right. It just does because, as you said, life happens, and it does make it easier for other people who are involved. Knowing that, okay, we're going to be doing this on Mondays yeah. <laughs> uh, every month. Mark it out. If it doesn't work, that's okay, but at least it's there. Right. To, 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 at least we're there to do that. Other stumbling blocks that you are encountering that you've overcome or uh, – I know one can be topics a little bit. Yeah, it, again – Timeliness as well as what to talk about next, but also – and I know this. We just did the common app episode it will have a shelf life right so you know with college planning i mean to our advantage uh, it's it's a thing that happens every year so um you use the term evergreen a lot a lot of our content is evergreen next year you know we we could talk about the common app again you know it so we there's always something changing. There's always something changing, which right. is the problem. You know, a lot of our content, I feel like, um, you know, is relevant over and over and over again. But in the way that, you know, uh, the Common App had changes, so we had to do an updated uh, Common App uh, podcast because I believe we did one a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, student loan debt has actually gone up, it seems, to do that every year. So, you know, sometimes our stats are out of date um, or um, – yeah, but uh, so you know, keeping keeping fresh content is is kind of a challenge. But I, I think the biggest challenge for us is that 
there are so many topics we could talk about mm. and they all relate to one another. So whenever we get into the studio, we can start on one topic and then kind of go down a rabbit hole that leads into another problem, mm. another problem. I mean, we could just talk for days on end about the problems with college planning and um, we're very good at that. So mm. <laughs> it's hard to stay on topic in a way that I feel like the listeners can digest and I'm very cognizant of that and and I would say that's that's a big challenge for us okay. um, because we know everything in our heads and we are are in the thick of it so we know about you know what it takes to plan for college but it's hard sometimes to put our mindset in this the you know the mind of the listener that they're just hearing all of this for the first time and we don't want anybody listening and going what you know right um, so staying on one topic is sometimes a challenge and um yeah it's just the amount of content and i think you know any any small business will you know find that they have more to talk about than they think i think when we first started the podcast i was very concerned about like oh gosh what are we going to talk about we're doing this twice a month you know for a year what are we going to talk about and we have way more topics to talk about than it's funny when we put that sheet together right. we ended up turning the paper over yeah, <laughs> yeah. writing more things because it you almost have the subsets of this right. whole idea and it and it veered off here and veered off here and it's right. like wow you're you're covered honestly right. yeah and i'll be knowing honest. how well aaron is versed right. in this at that point was just aaron mm-hmm. and i didn't envision Two or three other employees, right. advisors coming in and wanting to jump on and loving talking. Mm-hmm. So that helped too. You know, and I'll be honest, like I've only, I have not stuck to that schedule a lot because then, you know, something comes up and it's like, oh, this is a relevant news topic that relates to college planning. We're going to throw, we're going to do this instead of whatever we had planned for August, you know? And so that's what I mean when I said earlier about sometimes we're just flying by the seat of our pants. It's because we are, there's so much to talk about. So, um, you know, being being more focused and, and trying to, you know, make it in, in digestible chunks has been mm-hmm. a you challenge. Kind of meet your audience where they are. Right. And, and again, like, since we don't talk about a very, we're not doing sports talk here. I mean, this isn't just right. know, everybody's kind of dialed in. If there's a thing that happens in our in our reference frame, we got to address it right for example the um college planning scandal you know i had i had topics planned for i think that was march Mm -hmm. you know all set for march and then that blew and it's like oh we gotta do a podcast on that you know so but the flip side of that is like so when we were talking about common app earlier um you know they're they're rebranding it's very exciting and i was like oh and now it's um it's enabled like it's you can do it on your phone and i thought that's such a big deal it's so exciting no one will care, Be- not because it's not exciting, but because the parents who are sitting down to fill out Common App this year are not the parents who filled out Common App last year yeah. when they couldn't use the phone. So it's big to us because we're in the market and we yeah. know how great it's going to be for families to be able to do this on their smartphone. But it's not something that we need to necessarily bring up during our podcast because most families won't know that it wasn't a thing last year. So that's an important thing to know about our audience also, which is that I, I heard this uh, a while back. Um, but like and most people give birth two or three times in a lifetime, right? So you only need to know how to do it two or three times in a lifetime, right? <laughs> sure. You were only going to send a kid to college once. And if you got two of them, you're only going to do it twice. Mm-hmm. So our content has to that point is meeting that person exactly where they are. So right. the truth is we're we're not going to get some continuous stream of listeners that like, again, sports radio are constantly hearing about how this team is doing. 
it's relevant to you for this period of time in your life and maybe again at another and you're you're out of that game. So that's where it's even more reason that you need college planning because you're not going to do it all that often. You know, you're not it's not going to be something that you do continuously a year where you need to pick up that skill set and now have it a part of your family dynamic. Right. It's not needed. Yeah. Well, let's I'm going to end it with this question and I th- I like we have three different people in the room on this one because you give three different perspectives on advice. Where Aaron, business owner, developed the podcast, developed you know college left off your perspective on advice to a to a business looking at this from the marketing perspective, Alex, and from Paige's aspect of an employee there as a guest of the podcast, brand new to this year, some advice. Aaron, let's go with you. Advice you would give any business looking at this from your perspective to, to podcast. To podcasting, why yeah. it would be beneficial mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. It, it gives you the, – the nice thing about podcasting, and this is the thing that I really do like, unlike live radio, you get one shot at it. You know, you get one shot at it on live radio and it's – or TV because we've actually done a lot of TV. I've been on, geez, morning shows probably three or four different times, mm-hmm. maybe, at least maybe even five. And nobody remembers those. You know, truth is, you see it, forget it, you move on. It's not something that actually grasps you. Um, we used to do a lot of advertising on radio. And and the truth is this, if you advertise on radio, you got to do it for the better part of a year before you have it sink in. Now, the thing, if it does, it'll sink in long term for a lot of people, and they'll think they hear it for years to come. But it takes so much time to do that. With podcasts, you can get in and know my personality after one episode. And you really can know what we're about after one and if it's a thing that like, man, I got this is a thing. Okay, great. So as a great example, like I listened to a, a Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson's one, and and you listen to one of those episodes, you I don't know Neil's personality. I mean, he's he's a lot on a lot of time on TV and things like that. But you kind of know that it's a show about stars and astro astronomy and astrophysics. You kind of get it. Mm-hmm. So you get the voice, and you get to be able to talk as long as you want to about a topic. You're not can by a time limit or commercial break or a, you know a speed a path you just got to get up and do what you want and that breeds personality into whatever concept you do uh, to me our business and any business I've ever done is a very living breathing growing organism that you kind of just have to let it do what it's going to do giving it some constraints here and there but really more like what is this thing going to grow up to be? And you have to constantly just put things to it and making sure resources and money are flowing through to do it. This is almost like literally it's personality coming out in a day-to-day fashion. If it's just through my voice or through any of our voices, like when Paige and her team come on, that's them on the front lines working with kids. That's the personality of the happening. When Alex is talking about the marketing side of this, this is what's happening in our day-to-day lives in order to make this organism grow and become more of a thing. And I think it gives you that organically versus any other medium, which is really pretty awesome. All right. All right. Alex, what do you think for a marketing aspect? Well, I totally agree with what Aaron said about, you know, this podcast being a window to people's personalities. I think that's another um, a big thing that helps listeners um, of podcasts uh, be able to feel like they're they're almost at the table or, or sitting in on a discussion or, you know, with, with almost friends. You know, we mm-hmm. want we want to be personal. We want to help you. We, you know. I think that's kind of cool. You're not just listening to a lecture. We really don't want to come across as we're lecturing. We really, 
yeah, or having a conversation. And and all of our podcasts, we really are just sitting at a table having a conversation yeah, with each yeah. other. Um, and with a listener. Uh, one of the other things I really love from a marketing perspective about podcasting is um, it to me – you know, when you said uh, you talked about live radio, it, to me, you know, podcasting is to live radio as like live as like Netflix or um, HBO Go is to live TV. Mm. So, you know, we used to watch live TV. And if you if if the segment aired and, you know, you missed it or you came in halfway through, well, you're out of luck. Um, but, you know, I can subscribe. I, I I have worst Netflix subscribers, so we can watch our show whenever we want to. Yeah. Pause it, come back, whatever. Um, and that's kind of the thing with podcasting. So, uh, you know, I, I realize that, you know, our listeners are busy and can't always listen at the same time um, or might need to re-listen to something or listen in their car, come back to it later. Um, so podcasting really gives you the, that ability to um, whenever you want the content – You've got it, and I really value that. Mm-hmm. And as a, a guest, page newcomer to the table, as and, but at the same time, you bring as as uh, they both mentioned, you're the front line. Mm-hmm. Much different to the podcast. I was thinking about how I interact with different businesses as a consumer. Right, I want a relationship with my business. Like the reason I take my kids all the way over to Hilliard from Clintonville to the dentist is because she is the world's best dentist. Why? Is she better (laughs) at cleaning teeth or identifying cavities or whatever? No. We love Dr. Jojo because she is awesome, right? She's super fun and she is very kind and she's developed a great relationship with my kids. And I think about um, the ways that you can develop relationships with your listeners who become your consumers, who become the people you do business with. And I think that that's so important because people want to know you and they want to like you. And hopefully mm-hmm. they do both after they listen to <laughs> affording college with College Liftoff. Um, you know, I think it's just another way to kind of meet people where they are and really get to know them and get to know what they're looking for and for them to know us. Because again, I'm not going to go to the mean bank, right? I'm going to go to the bank where they're nice <laughs> to us and the lollipops taste very good, right? So I think that that much can be said for like any business. Like you really do yourselves um, a huge disservice by not thinking about what it is that your consumers want from you and what they really want is a relationship. So. Branded in is so important nowadays. I mean, it's, that's so that that's the marketable difference where I can remember as a kid, which is like, I mean, you have brands you liked, but now we have brands you identify with, right? And so you 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 go to that, which you know you look for. What are they doing in the community? How do they treat their customers? How do I feel about the next experience I'm going to have there? You want to make sure you're looking forward to all these things that make it up because you identify so closely with them now than you have before. Um, and we're doing that. We're trying to do that every day. There's, there isn't, per se, a college planning brand out there. That, you know, we talk about it a lot. There's no Apple or McDonald's in our space. You know, so yet. it's, it's <laughs> as Paige just said, yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're always, and we're looking at, I'm, you are I'd the be, Apple in the space. Actually, I would be remiss yes. to tell you if we're not looking to claim that, right? So, yeah. like, that's, that's because we believe in what we do and we think mm-hmm. we do it in a positive, upbeat, thoughtful way that makes a big difference and can have big dramatic effects for families and kids. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Right. And we want to make sure that our people, the ones that are coming to us and that work with us, feel that sense of culture and connectedness and one-on-one. It's like, a, like your person. We're, you're never going to be stuck in front of a computer with working with us. Like That's not how we work. 
we work one-on-one with you. You see people, you work with people, you interact with individuals and all the time in a positive, upbeat, thoughtful, pedagogical, uh, intelligent way. Mm-hmm. And we want to parlay that. That's right. why information isn't a fear for us. That's why we would never use it as such. It's it's just a way for you to understand, like, this is a thing. There's a lot to it. Be armed with as much as you can, and then there's still some work to be done. Well, thanks for the information, your insights on where you started, where you are now, where you're going to the future. I appreciate it. I think uh, I think a lot of businesses can take notes from this for sure, um, because uh, you know you're in, you're in a unique situation that you really don't have any competition per se, and but you're laying it all out there you know, through a podcast and marketing and such too. So I think I, I appreciate your insights and being able to even peel back a few more layers than you even given your own podcast, <laughs> right. looking on the other side of why you do it yeah. and the marketing behind it too. So again, thank you for being part of the podcast. Appreciate it. No thank you, Thanks. Brett. Thank you, Brett. With over 600,000 podcasts available, your podcast needs to stand out immediately. By working with Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants, you get the one-year advantage. Your first episode will sound like you've been podcasting for a year. The podcast consultants at Circle 270 Media have over 35 years' experience in digital and traditional marketing, content creation, audio production, recording, and broadcasting. We strategically bring these worlds together and consult businesses who are implementing podcasting into their marketing strategy to grow their brands and businesses. Own your story. Engage and interact with your customers and clients. Grow your brand and business with your own podcast. For more information about Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants and how we can help your business begin or better implement your current podcast into your marketing strategy, contact me at podcasts at circle270media.com. At the Bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes.